Welcome to Night Shift. Eric Lopez here. We'll be joined by Bryson Turner momentarily. Coming up, we're going to recap UCF's 20-14 to 14 disappointing loss to the Louisville Cardinals. We'll hope to hear from Gus Malzahn in the press conference. We'll also hear, hopefully, from Kyle Nash from the stadium uh, and his reaction to this game. Of course, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and like also get all the streams and post-game show, a uh, post-game coverage from all the UCF sports right here on Black and Go Banneret. Of course, you can follow us on Black and Go Banneret. Uh, Bryce, where can they find us on Black and Go Banneret Twitter? They can find me at at not it's you, the oh, Black oh. and Go Banneret. Oh, at UCF Banneret underscore oh, SBN. Man. Sorry, I thought you had already said the Twitter account name. I'm just trying, trying to. Get, I'm trying to get you I'm warmed sorry. up. I'm, I'm sorry if my mind went off, went off a little bit. I'm just trying to make heads or tails of this dang game. Yeah, it's a tough one to swallow. There's just no other way of sugarcoating it, folks. UCF lost 20 to 14. We will take your comments. We are going to take your questions. I know there is a lot of upset people. We're going to try to address the, all of the issues and all the topics as best as we can. Of course, blackandgoldbanneret.com is where you, of course, cover all, uh, follow all the UCF's coverage, sports. Uh, Andrew uh, Glukoff is at the game. He'll be writing his knee-jerk reaction. Boy, that's going to be a must-read. I have a feeling Kyle Nash is out there at the stadium, too. Like I said, hopefully he'll join us uh, after the press conferences are concerned. We'll have photos up there. and We'll have coverage of all the other sports coming up, including UCF Volleyball and big match this weekend against Miami. Uh, Bryson was there at Volleyball against UNC Wilmington. Hey, we got that going for it. Uh, but anyway... Let's not waste any more time here, folks, and we'll get your questions right up. But, Bryson, this was a frustrating game to watch in a lot of levels. I thought UCF controlled the game in the first half, and I thought the game turned on the missed field goal. UCF had should have been up multiple scores. They weren't. Orbarski misses a chip shot 30-plus yard field goal. You just kept Louisville hanging around, and then Louisville kind of controlled the line of scrimmage in the second half. You look at the stats, and we have it up there right now. Louisville ended up rushing for 226 yards. Neither team really, I thought, did much on the passing game, but Malik, Cully, Malik Cunningham just made enough plays, ran for a buck 21, threw for a buck 95, and they were able. It, it just it wasn't the prettiest of games. UCF had some costly penalties, uh, a couple that took away big scores for them in this game. This was a sloppy game, and it just—I mean, there's just it's a disappointment. There's just no other way of looking at it. There's no. This team has got some issues. They got to work on the offensive line. Has got some question marks. I know everybody's going to get on John Rice Plumley and some of his throws. I think there's questions with the special teams, and uh, you can't leave a team hanging around. And I think UCF did that, Bryson, and uh, it kind of bit them at the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, Syracuse last week basically gave the perfect blueprint on how you defeat Malik Cunningham. You need to get him down by multiple scores and get him to play from behind. That's how they were able to force the turnovers. That's how Syracuse was able to pile him down even more. They UCF had the opportunity to do that, and the offense couldn't could not take advantage of it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Also, I no, no, I think a big help with the with the with in regards to the passing game, though. While Cunningham and Plumley have similar completion percentages, I think the big difference comes in the average in the average yards per completion. Louisville has thirteen point nine, while while UCF has eight point two. 
Louisville was just able to get more out of their passing game than UCF could. No, that's fair. Let's get to the questions. There's a ton of comments. Uh, leave your comments here in the chat room. You can also tweet us questions. I know there's some of them, Bryson. I threw your Twitter handle, so you might have a busy Twitter uh, tonight here with questions. Uh, we will try to address them all as best as we can. Let's start with Sir Epic. Great. What a great name, Sir Epic. Uh, love that. The good. He started, he's going to start positive, and I like that. The good. The defense. They just need to clean up tackling, in my opinion. Look, I thought the defense was fine. I actually thought their tackling is way ahead of schedule from last year. Remember last year, Bryson? We were, we were literally doing this exact same show with Andrew, and we were just going on and on about the tackling issues in that Louisville game. I thought they actually tackled pretty well. The secondary is really good. I didn't think the, the pass rush was there consistent enough up front. Uh, but, you know, the secondary was able to overcome that because I think the secondary played really well. And I think this defense, for the most part, you know, I know they're going to be disappointed with the 20 points, but I don't think the offense helped them a lot. I, I do think the defense was a positive, especially, I mean, they kind of gave the offense, they gave them a chance at the end. Um, your thoughts on the defense? I know you were pleased with the defense on a positive note. Yeah, I mean the kind of, look, Cunningham at least did not run all over. No, night and day from last year. Right, right. Like he now, granted, he did break out that 40-yard touchdown run. That uh, but I but one play a game does not make does not make, at least for a performance as a unit. That was a that was definitely a point of weakness, and I'm sure that the defensive players are going to look back on that play and they're really and they probably might beat themselves up a little for it but on the whole i think they did a lot better than against Malik Cunningham than they did last time i mean looking here jason johnson 12 total tackles nine solo tackles yeah. right yeah. behind him jeremiah jean baptiste seven total seven total tackles all of them were solo tackles this time last year we were talking about how the safeties were the ones leading the tackles and you can't have that so to see two linebackers and Jason Johnson and Jeremiah Jean Baptiste put up those numbers were good. And I, I I heard Walter Yates's name came up a lot more come up a lot more often than I thought I would hear. So I think that that this linebacker group we have right now I think is looking is looking good and they performed well. I think there was just those like tiny moments where Louisville was just able to squeak through that allowed them to get more points in this game. And I mean. Sometimes you just have those. Malik Cunningham is a very talented quarterback, and he'll have those moments. What this UCF team needed was the offense to be able to keep in touch with that. In touch with that. Well, team. let's get into that, Sir Epic, uh, who's done a good job of giving us show notes here. The bad play calling and special teams. Too many screens and wideouts never really attacked the center of the field. Yeah, I mean – I think, unfortunately, guys, I think John Rice Plumley is limited on what he could throw. I mean, you know, they discussed it a lot on the telecast. He hasn't been a quarterback in a couple of years. I don't recall, Bryson, they really attacked down the field much. I mean, they had the one play to Baker where we thought it was a touchdown. They called it back on the Swoboda hold. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel. But look, the special teams, man. We said this last week. We're going to say it again. You can't miss 30-plus yard field goals. They really didn't get any great returns. Think about if you make that field goal, you're up two possessions. I mean, think about it. If they make a field goal, you're only down, you only need a field goal in that last drive. Um, yeah, I, I I understand the frustration there on both sides. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, no points in the second half. I think they had only two, what, one first down up until like the nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter in the second half. They were just shut down. Louisville, you could tell, made adjustments, brought some pressure to Plumlee and dared them to beat him with the, in, in the passing game. I thought they contained they – they did a good job of containing Plumlee's running game, uh, whereas maybe UCF didn't contain Cunningham as well as they would have liked. Uh, although again, way much better than last year when Cunningham literally ran all over them. Uh, but yeah, look, a lot of people are going to be frustrated. I have a feeling Bryce, we're going to get a lot of questions about the offense and the special teams throughout this show. There's no question about that, but I, I, I'm glad this was brought up and I think it's important penalties, penalties, penalties. Uh, first of all, both teams, good Lord combined for 23 penalties for 207 yards. That's just great. That's just unacceptable, Bryson. Both teams just made some bad penalties. UCF, there were some that really were costly, but penalties, man, it's just mm, just head scratching, Bryson. I'm having, I'm just head scratching, Bryson. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to be really PG on that. That's just not good football. The big issue that I think I have is the fact that UCF had less penalties, one less penalty than louisville did but they ended up having a more penalty yardage in my opinion the penalty yardage is huge and and i can and if the penalty numbers are roughly square then it's like okay the penalties themselves were kind of you know it's an offset to borrow penalty term they offset but the penalty yardage ended up me ended up being the big difference maker in my in my view where there was more bang for your buck in a UCF penalty and you can't have those. I mean, when that running into the kicker happened, I remember thinking like, don't be roughing, don't be roughing, don't be roughing. And thank the Lord it wasn't. But then he, and then they almost got the fourth converted on the fourth down. They had another shot on fourth down and they almost had it. I mean, the offense was frankly lucky that they got the ball back after that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Uh, you've got a Twitter question, you said, Bryson. Uh, somebody has a tr- Twitter question for us on our social media Twitter. Yes, this one. Um, we were talking about keep it clean, Bryson. <laughs> we were talking about special team, uh, yeah. uh, about special teams, and so this one we were relates to that. This is from Philip Grant at PG bunch of numbers. Why punt from the opponent forty when your kicker can't kick? Why try to throw the ball late in the game when your QB is throwing about fifty percent? Why ignore the strength of the offense, the run game? What the blank is the offensive line doing on passing plays? Why are there so many penalties? There's a lot of questions there. Just br- let's just break down that first one. Why Who's the Twitter? Wait, who asked the question? Let's give credit to whoever asked. Philip Grant. I said at the beginning. Oh, thank Please. you. All right. Let's uh, go yeah, that I, first one. Why well, punch the opponent forty when your kicker can't kick? I'm assuming he's talking about the first half. That I, I, I I'm assuming so. Because I know a lot of people were asking about that in the first half. I think the answer is at the time their defense was playing well, Bryson. And they're trying to play field position. You're not going to kick a field goal there. I was surprised. I mean, to me, I, I was okay with that. My issue was like, I don't know what Scott Satterfield was thinking. Going for it on fourth down a couple times during the game, especially in that fourth quarter from his own territory. Where I'm like, what are you doing? You want to get fired? Like, are you... Are you trying to expedite this dismissal that you might have at the end of the season if this season goes south? Um, that one I don't have in trouble. I thought the play calling was questionable at the goal line there in the last drive. I think that's valid. We'll see how Gus addressed that in the post game. Um, as far you know, so I, I, I under the problem is when you're behind, you have to come back. 
Did they get away from the run? I don't know if they, I mean, it's hard to say they got away from the run when you consider the fact that this team ran for what, 206 yards in the game, which is what UCF ended up doing. Uh, I don't know about that, but no, look, it's, it's a valid, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, clearly the passing game is not the strength of this offense. That is clear, right? Like I think that's, um, at least right now anyway. Uh, so we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, MG ch- chiming in. Disappointing to say the least. <laughs> I think that speaks for everybody right now. Anybody I mean, that's listening, everybody who's at the game, anybody who's watching. Uh, I mean, we no can't even claim about... injuries this time. Well, people are about so, so people are asking about Ryan O'Keefe. I didn't see anything. Did you see something, Bryson? That would that, that would bring up these questions. I'm sure we'll ask Kyle about this when he joins us later about Ryan O'Keefe. Did you sense something that he was hurt? I didn't sense anything. I didn't sense anything either. Looking back at the stats, um, Plumley targeted Javon Baker 12 times. Right, right. And he, that's his go-to time. guy. That's his go-to guy. Right. And the thing is, though, is that he only caught the ball five times for for 84, for 84 yards. And of those 84 yards, 22 of them were after the catch. In my opinion, Ryan O'Keefe is this team's playmaker. I understand that Baker's your go-to guy, but – Ryan O'Keefe, I mean, you can see what we've seen what this guy's capable of. So put the ball in his hands. I, I mean, I don't think I really saw any like jet sweep type of play with him. He only had, I think one. he had one early, had one early, but to your point, I mean, they said on the telecast that Gus's goal was to get O'Keefe 10 touches. Well, he ended up with one rushing carry for 27 yards and then what four catches in the game. I- Is that right? Four catches on five targets. So he did not he did not meet that at all. I'm not including the kick returns and stuff that he did, but you're right. That's not enough. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Brian Peterson, a loyal UCF fan who is a great listener. Appreciate you uh, chiming in with your question. Do we see a change at quarterback? I don't think so. And here's why. I don't think any quarterback right now will be success- completely successful there with this offensive line. And Bryson, and let's give credit to our colleagues in Drew and Kyle Nash. They have been concerned about this offensive line for a while, and they didn't look great last week, and they didn't look great this week. And I don't think Mikey Keene can solve some of that. I understand it's a fair question, though, but I don't know that the offensive line to me is an issue. And I don't, I don't know what the solution is with the offensive line. I don't think they could protect Mikey Keene much better. I do think Mikey Keene can throw the ball obviously better, but if he doesn't have time to throw the ball, I I don't know. To me, that's my big concern is this offensive line is not great right now and they're not deep, and I don't know if they're going to get better. Uh, Hopefully they do, but to me, that's the bigger issue. Your your thoughts on that? I I mean – I like the the running game. Like the thing is, is that yeah, running game wise, they're fine. But as, when and, it comes to the passing, it blocks. Yeah, yeah. on the passing issue. game. I mean, yeah. I saw Plumley like get rid of that ball so fast on plenty of occasions that I think that gives the indication that the offense on the pass, the offensive line on the passing play isn't up to snuff. And I mean, if that's the case, I think that is uh, makes the fans outcry of why did you go away from the run game understandable, where if your offensive line is better when you run the ball, then run the ball, even Plumlee. Like if Plumlee can scamper out of there, scamper out of there. I remember on that last fourth down play, 
I saw like run a running lane available for Plumlee to go and get the first down. And I was thinking, why didn't you go do that? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, Plumlee is a running quarterback and I feel like they, that. But I think Louisville, I think he was just Louisville had some fast athletes that got to him a little bit. But I, again, I think the offensive line, especially in the passing game, is is an issue. I think that's probably why we saw some screens. I don't know if that right now that the O line could protect for a lengthy period of time. Now, if the O line gets better and the throwing by Plumlee doesn't, then I think we could revisit that quarterback question for sure. Uh, because I do agree with you, Brian Peter. Brian Peterson saying passing needs a lot of work. Yeah, it does. No, I I, I can't disagree with you uh, at all. Amy chiming in. Amy Bachman, who's been a loyal listener and fan as well. Uh, we've been humbled. I hate it. Uh, you're not alone. A lot of people do. Fallen Hero, the base legend, chimes in. Pain, all caps. That's a good way. That's a good word, right, Bryson? You're very good with the uh, the, the 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 words. You write for a living. Uh, that's your goal. Would that be the word you would use if I gave you just one word to describe? This game and for UCF fans and us and everybody, it's pain, right? I think that's one that you can use to describe it. I think there is some other, uh, the other things that you can say to this, some that I cannot say on stream. The, um, Garrett uh, Garrett Weiss at Strength of Spear oh. on Twitter <laughs> like to use the term horrid, which yeah. I do, which I think is a little overblown, a little bit, but I, w- I, won't, I won't say it's not valid for some people to feel that way. Um, I think that there, you could also say that we were let down. I think a lot of people were really getting behind Plumley, and he's a likable guy. I mean, like we want to see him succeed. So I can completely understand when, you know, this, this was the moment where Plumley was really going to get the true test in terms of being a passer and whether it was his fault or the O-line's fault, the passing just did not hold up i mean i think this is honestly eric the first time in a while that ucf fans have a quarterback that you know that we thought that maybe the passing would be good and it didn't mikey king uh, like we had milton we had gabriel i'll give an excuse to mikey king because he was a freshman and i feel like lobbing too much expectations on him isn't wasn't isn't really right but then you have Plumley, and we you know you invest all this faith into him and i do and while i do agree that he's still the better fit in this system i think we all put a lot more stock into his ability as a passer than what he would be able to cash in and tonight i think it showed us that the passing game might not be this team be as big on this team and it really bit us in the butt uh yeah no that's for what the questions keep on coming here jessica sheldon this loss falls on the offense period and special teams jessica sheldon chiming in jim john chiming in i'm not calling anyone out this was a total team loss that's fair that's um fair. that's fair yeah I, 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 i'm all for it. percentages there's percentages there's i think plenty. the defense has the lowest percentage to, of blame here the lowest percentage of play. There's a little uh, bit. Fallen so, Hero saying two touchdowns, questionable penalties. Look, I mean, I'm sure I, we could complain about penalties all It should never have come to that point. Should never I was, have. I was arguing with my parents. My parents and I were sitting at home watching the game, 
and we were arguing about the targeting call. I was, um, they were insisting that it was targeting, and I was like, "No way, it's not targeting." Well, they've made some tweaks to the rule. I understand where the parents are coming from. I was surprised they overturned it because he did lean with the helmet. There was contact with the helmet. They usually call it. However, I'm okay with the non-call because I think. In, in Thornton's defense, what is he supposed to do there? And that's my issue with the whole targeting thing. I don't like the targeting rule personally, so I'm okay with them overturning that. Uh, but I was surprised because I've seen that being called, and they could have easily kept it on the field. But we shall see how that goes. Roger Greenberg. I love the new people tuning in. That's awesome. Make sure you tune in. Every week we'll have night shift after, this ga- uh, after every football game. So really appreciate this. Got to do better next week against FAU should have won that game but did the but didn't the defense try but let me see but didn't the defense try but the offense disappeared in the second half hashtag at UCF uh Roger Greenberg chiming in there uh Nelson alumni that holding call and boat on the touchdown was BS plain and true uh we were discussing that in the group chat some people had an issue with that you know what was funny about that I thought when the flag came down, I thought they were going to call Baker for pushing off because he pushed off the defender on his back. And that's, you know, and, and that's why the defender fell and Baker got loose and touched that. I didn't see the, ho- the holding. There were some ticky tack holding calls tonight from the refs, in fairness to both teams, because uh, I thought Louisville got called for a couple that I thought was questionable. I thought that was questionable, but that's part of the game, man. Uh, there's one thing I won't like, it, it's just part of the game. I mean, this just is what it is. Um, so anyway, that's uh, some of the questions there. Uh, uh, so let's see here. I'm going through. I'm keeping. I'm trying to keep pace with the comments, folks. You, and I love it. Keep it coming. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, let's see. People asking about Robert. Asking about that was a touchdown. What did you think of that fourth down play? They ruled it an interception. I don't think it was a touchdown. I don't think it was an interception. I actually think it was an incomplete pass. And, and actually, I think that was a significant situation because, because they called it an interception, it was a touchback. Louisville got the ball at the 20 instead of at the six-yard line. If that ball, if they would have called that incomplete, that ball would have been at the six. That's, you know, field position. That's what I thought. The problem is what – they called it the way they called it. It was going to be hard to overturn. Like, no matter what, if whatever they were going to call on the field, I felt like that was going to stay, regardless of what you thought about it. What did you think seeing it live, Bryce? I was thinking about the simultaneous – I was honestly thinking about the uh, the simultaneous possession, that Golden Tate-Seattle Seahawks catch, <laughs> to be honest. I was thinking, like, can, can, can we have that happen, please? Um, I knew it was not, not right. but um, – but, I do agree. Like the inc- I think um the inc- I think the incomplete pass was probably the better ruling there because the UCF had the ball first and then Louisville ripped it and then Louisville ripped it out and it was all re- I think there was already like kind of on out of bounds the like yeah I, I, the receiver was out of I just don't think anybody had really possession of the ball and it seemed like the refs just awarded the Louisville defender because he had he was the first to sort of have possession. But I don't think anybody had possession, and I don't think the receiver even got the foot in. Even if he got the foot in, I don't think he had the foot and possession. So I would have gone incomplete. They kept the call in the state. I don't think they saw enough to overturn anything. I think that's what happened. And usually when they don't overturn it, 
Uh, they don't see enough evidence to overturn it. They just keep it with the call on the field. And unfortunately for UCF, it was called interception live on the first instincts. Uh, but again, it shouldn't have come to that. That was not a good read from wasn't, Plumlee. Wasn't Johnny Richardson open on that play? Some people said, I, I didn't I have to look at the game back. Um, I'll watch the game back uh, to see that. I'll ask Kylo. I'm curious what Kyle thinks about that. I'm sure they'll be asked about this in the post game. Uh, there, Mr. Hampton, nine thirteen. What is the exact issue with the old line and pass protection? Can we just not handle a decent pass rush? To everyone's point, they look so much better when blocking for running plays. Yeah, no, that's fair. They for and we're gonna ask Kyle because Kyle has been on top of this alongside Andrew Glukoff. The offensive line, for whatever reason, has not p- blocked well, especially when it comes to the passing game and pass protection. And I think that is part of the issue with the passing game in general. Well, I want to I want to save that for Kyle because he's to his credit, he was on top of this weeks ago, way before us. So we will ask him that question. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to connect with him after the post games are done. Uh, Nelson, ten possessions, zero points. Yeah, no, wasn't pretty. I I, I hear you. Uh, Michael Rakowski was Plumley the best baseball center fielder on the field tonight. Oh boy. It's not Bryson, as you know, quarterbacks always take the heat and take a lot of credit. Probably a little bit of too much on both sides, but um that's unfortunate, man. The kid kid's a heck of an athlete. He tries hard. He just, you know, the passing game just wasn't there. Uh you know, when you're behind, that's kind of an issue. Lonely Bumblebee. Yeah, he's not happy. Okay. I need to know. That's a no. that's stretch. A little Early to little early. No, no, no. I need to. I want. I want to address that. You're mad at lonely. I no, no. Like first of all, because I respectfully disagree. Because I do not think that we suck again. The thing is, is that I think that we have talent here that is able to succeed, but we, but we didn't. We're like we're in this like kind of middle ground limbo type because Isaiah Bowser, I think Isaiah Bowser did pretty good tonight. I really like that wildcat formation they had going with them. I think that's a very good, like I agree. You know, within five, 10 yards type of play. I thought that was good. I but think some people thought Richardson was the better back and he was the more explosive back. Uh, as I look at the stats, Bowser had 15 touches, Richardson had four carries. I'm talking about carries. Bowser 15, Richardson four. Richardson caught two passes. Is that too much, Bryson? I I, I think you some would argue that Johnny Richardson should have more than six touches in a football game with his explosiveness, especially uh, maybe, you know, because Bowser only averaged three and a half yards a carry, did have the two touchdowns, but uh, maybe Bowser should have gotten a few. I mean, maybe Richardson should get some more touches. Uh, either think, either in the receiving game or in the backfield. I think it just depends on the flow of the game. I mean, I think that Bowser, both Bowser and Richardson have different roles to play on this offense. And I think it just sort of depends on the flow of the game and what way it's going. Now, if it were me and with the benefit of hindsight, I would have put Richardson in more. I think you need playmakers in there. But at, at the same time, having Bowser there, obviously has its ben- has its benefits. And again, I bring up the Wildcat formation. Bowser was perfect there. I think it really I, we want I think we want to see something more akin to the running back rotations that we saw under Frost and Heifel. I think that sort of thing 
really would work better with the running with a running back duo of Bowser and Richardson. So yeah, I think that that they it seems like Plumley and Bowser are the things that these this offense has been really really pushing, but they I think they need to dial it back a little bit on that and be able to get past the ball around and share it enough to where everyone is able to effectively use their abilities and they didn't get the ball to their playmakers in Ryan O'Keefe and Johnny Richardson enough, I think. Yeah, it seems to one dimension. A lot of Bowser, a lot of Baker, and that's not, you know, there but, should be more. Again, it's not to say that this team is d- d- doesn't suck. I don't think this team sucks at well, all. People are mad. <laughs> I, I, I understand the, the vocabulary, right? People are upset. I get it. That's a very upsetting game. I, I totally understand where it's coming from. Football fan 28, just go to Castellanos now. Let him get a year of experience before we go to the Big 12. JRP isn't a quarterback, and it only hurts us going forward because it will also hurt wide receivers. Um, I will disagree. I will not. I don't think you could pull the trigger on Castellanos, at least not right now. Maybe we can address this down the road if UCF's got a second. Or I, I think to me, you don't play Castellanos. I don't think that's a situation that happens unless you have an injury or you're out of the conference race. Uh, I think this team is going to go with Plumlee and, and Keen as far as they can. Do we have Kyle Nash already here, folks? Tell you what, this is Night Shift. Eric Lopez alongside Bryson Turner. And joining us now from the stadium, the bounce house. In record time, <laughs> Kyle Nash joining us. Woo! Kyle, how you doing? Hey, good to be aboard. It was a tough one to watch here tonight. But, hey, credit to uh, Drew Glukov, who's currently working hard on his knee-jerk reactions. Um, He makes it possible for me to get over here this quick. So there you go. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here because, as you would imagine, Kyle, people are fired up and uh, not happy. Let's address (laughs) – I want to ask you this because a lot of people have been addressed – a few things have been addressed. The offensive line. And yes. people have been asking us, why can't this team pass protect well? And I've been giving you and Drew credit. You guys have been concerned about this offensive line a long time ago. Yeah. For a, what, a month, two months? You've been calling this. That's true. Uh, okay. What is the issue? People want to know, don't understand why is it they can run effectively running wise, but can't throw and can't protect offensive line. Give me your thoughts on the old line, because that's become, uh, that's one of many hot topics here tonight. Yeah, and listen, when it comes to the offensive line, the critiques I have, there's two players on it I'm going to kind of sit off to the side as not being the problem, right? Matt Lee at center is fantastic. You know, they're on, on at least one of the plays that was called back for the uh, big uh, big touchdown um, scores, Matt Lee's 20 yards down the field helping to open that up. And when you notice when their people are blasting through, taking care of, you know, trying to take care of business on John Rice Plumley in the backfield, one thing you don't see is them just blasting up the middle. Yeah, now, sure, I think there might have been a play where Lee had an issue, but I, I don't think he's the problem there. I think it's the edges. And what's happening is the uh, linemen are either getting overwhelmed or they're overthinking speed or whatever it is. What's happening there is, you know, they start out um, on the outside. The, the speed might be a little bit too much for the tackles. Um, there was certainly one play Drew and I both saw uh, Tylen Grable just get completely stood up, pushed back five yards almost into John Rice Plumley. So, you know, th- those are just the kind of situations where I feel like the tackles are sitting up too tall. And then the, def- uh, the defender, um, be it a linebacker blitzing or a defensive end, just comes in, gets inside and starts leveraging 
they're just, they're just not dominant. And the technique, I think, is is not uh, where it needs to be. I don't think they're fast enough afoot to keep up with the speed rush. And they're also getting displaced when they're overthinking, hey, I got beat by speed before. I need to get back quick. Then their technique is bad, and then it just all falls apart. Give me your thoughts on the game. You've had a few minutes to digest it, so I get it. Give me your thoughts. There's been a lot of different topics, topics about the play calling, topics about Rise Plumley and throwing the football, special teams. Give me your thoughts. What's your th- thoughts now, having uh, taken part in covering it in person? You know, yeah, and it's yeah, with games like this, I, I always kind of smirk a little bit when I start hearing about fans talking about play calling. Gentlemen, my question to you is this. When you're down your top receiver, when you are in a situation where protection's an issue, you can't throw the ball effectively, and they're, and they're sending more guys and you got the block, there isn't a play call, play call you could just pull out of the sky to fix everything. Somebody's got to step in there and handle business, which, as you saw in the fourth quarter, started to happen. Now, you know, I, I know there's a lot of uh, questions surrounding penalties and discipline and things like that. That, I think, is a far bigger problem than play calling in and out of itself. But, Eric, I'll give you this, gem: To open the press conference, Coach Malzahn put a lot of stuff on himself. He felt like penalties were the issue. He felt like there were some times there were some play calls he would have liked to have had back, in his words. Um, so, um, you know, while I have my own opinion about people throwing play calling around, um, a guy who's qualified to comment on, on play calling like Gus Malzahn saying he wishes he had some back, that tells me everything. Very interesting. Very interesting qu- uh, note there. What what else stood out from the post game? Was, was there was was the last that that interception call that some people thought it was a touchdown? I thought it was an incomplete pass. Was that brought up? And what was your thoughts on that play? Um, no, it didn't come up. But I'll tell you from my vantage point, the only thing I can tell you clearly from the replay is that it wasn't an interception. And you know, it would have right. been very interesting if the defense, who had been doing very solid. Uh, throughout the night against Malik Cunningham, um, you, you know, I, I feel like that would have been a situation where they could have gotten momentum uh, over and above getting the ball back for the offense like they did. And, and listen, Coach Malzahn, basically everybody on offense that was up there propped the defense. You know, over and above that, you know, I think uh, uh, Coach uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah G. Baptiste and everybody who was on the defense that stepped to the mic, including Josh Salascar, were very satisfied with the job they did containing Malink Cunningham. Did he have that big 45-yard run for the touchdown? Sure. But listen, gentlemen, at some point when you're punting the ball that much, a defense getting tired trying to contain a, a guy that Coach Malzahn is claiming is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and rightfully so in my opinion, you know, at least he's in consideration, right? For that to be put on the defense and be like, why didn't you stop that big play? That's too much to ask, in my humble opinion. I agree, especially going up tip. I got one more, and then Bryson will get some questions for you. People have been asking us about Ryan O'Keefe, uh, injury-wise. Was that brought up? Was there any word? What's the word on Ryan O'Keefe? It was brought up. Um, the reason, yeah, the reason why you didn't see him in the second half is Coach said that he was nicked up. Um, the, the nature of the injury has not been revealed at this time. Um, I'm sure they're waiting for whatever testing and whatever, you know, uh, uh, information they can get back you know, from actual medical professionals and the like. Um, I'm sure they'll let us uh, know more when they know it. I I know they have availability um, with uh, uh, both coordinators tomorrow at uh, 1230. We might get something then maybe. Uh, But in the meantime, yeah, we're just not sure 
um, at this point what exactly it is. I know there's some whisperings of what it might be, but as far as what, how Coach uh, commented, he's, he, all he said is that he was injured. Yes. Bryson, go ahead. Uh, I, I was actually, it was actually the Ryan O'Keefe question I was thinking of, but I want to I ask what stood out to you as far as the players? Because I, I took a quick, a, a quick cursor, like cursory look through the presser just to see who you had. Uh, I believe the last one was Sam Jackson, right? Correct. Yes. Um, wh- yeah. What? So, what did he have to say about the offensive line's performance today? Yeah, uh, I mean, well, overall, he didn't he didn't comment on the offensive line's performance in depth per se. Mm-hmm. But what I am reading is that the line and the offense as a whole is putting this game on themselves. They blame themselves for it. You know, I, I, um, the statement he made is that it was an offensive game, and the offense feels like they lost. I don't know that I would have called this an offensive game per se especially when you got two mobile guys in the backfield like that defense had to play a role, but uh, I think it would be hard to argue objectively that the offense did everything they could tonight uh, to win the football game. Granted again, two huge touchdowns getting called back is a huge deal. How many times I've heard uh, Gus Malzahn say in the past two years that, uh, or well, I should say this being the second season, right? That I've been covering him, how important big plays are to getting into the end zone. But two of the big plays they had tonight that turned into scores now no longer on the uh, on the on the board so you know uh, i think i think uh the best thing to take away from sam jack's approach is you know he wants to make sure that he and his unit take care and and, and get aggressive in solving the problems up front uh steve collins chiming in o-line was awful wide receivers dropping passes quarterbacks not making good reads special teams awful for the second week in a row this is the kind of this is the tone right we're getting here it's gonna be the tone like this all week kyle Sure. Uh, and, you know, this is people are frustrated right now. They're really upset. And, and, and as they should be, listen, yeah. this time last year, guys, these games that came down that close and the offense was knocking on the doorstep with Mikey Keene or whoever was in the game at the time ended up being wins on the schedule, right? The bounce house stepped up and, you know, they would get loud and a difference would be made. But at the end of the day, gentlemen, unfortunately, that final part of it to get UCF uh, to win the close game didn't happen here. This is the nature of the sport, guys. You know, and <laughs> unfortunately, again, injuries were a factor more than they, uh, 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 not as much as they were last year, but certainly enough to to keep some of the top offensive weapons out of the game. And I would say right at the end, really quick, when I saw Bowser come off the field and limping, and then they came back out on fourth down to attempt that play on the goal line, I felt like a good place to call timeout would have been there. It felt to me like they panicked um, not having Bowser in the game, and then they tried to force a situation where John Rice Plumley was, was, was passing. Even though we all know his top element is to use his legs, the offense had been struggling passing all night. I'm not here to question people that know the game better than I do or wrote, or wrote books on it or anything like that, but it is something I wonder about there. Kyle, I wanna I I wanna ask you uh, what 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 was sort of the attitude in in the press box to some of the some of the decision the offense made because some people were saying that they got away from the run game a little later. So what was kind of the attitude that you that you and the rest of the people up in the press box were kind of seeing as as the game kind of wound to a close? Um, I, I can see how to you know in a world where where offensive linemen are referred to as other than something where everybody else is a skill player. I'm not taking that as a slur, but that's the facts of the case, right? Uh, I think what you saw a lot of in the press box was that those issues with the line. And the main reason you're not getting a lot of big plays or a lot of running plays or you're moving away from the run is twofold. A, 
The run game isn't happening to shorten field on first down, right? The idea of the run at the very least is to get a couple yards off the board, make second and third down less distance, right? And B, when the group uh, in front of you, the defense, knows you're passing and they can send the house and know they're winning up front, there's, again, there's no play call that can answer for that. Somebody's got to step up. And you saw a lot of that coming. How many? How much zero coverage did Louisville bring tonight? And Coach Malzahn alluded to the same. There was a point where they got hot and would just send the entire the house and kitchen sink at the UCF backfield. I also want to ask about the about the first half because people were talking about how you know the Knights had an opportunity to get up on. I said in, in the Knights in the round table that you were on as that you wrote for as well that Syracuse provided the perfect blueprint on how to defeat Malik Cunningham, and that yeah. is to get him to play from behind. And UCF had that opportunity. They were ahead by a touchdown. They just needed to get another score, and they and they would get him to play from behind, which put him in a position. Well, the, miss, a, the missed field goal. Count. The missed field goal. Was that brought up? Or, boss again, missing a short 30-plus-yard field goal. And then another play that people have brought up here, punting the football from the 40. Some people thought, hey, why not go for it there? Your thoughts on those two sequences, I don't know if that was discussed as well in the post. Um, well, the missed field goal, of course, was. Um, you know, I completely understand fans bringing that up. Goodness knows uh, that it came up a lot in the press box. You know, certain uh, or Barsky fans that are, uh, you know, in the building or whatever certainly uh, had a few things to say about it. But at the end of the day, um, while obviously you want Obarski to make the kick for my money, the real murder was the two long offensive plays called back that to my mind really negates anything with the missed field goal i mean it's canceled out louisville missed a field goal or in the game themselves so, so my money that play in and of itself was an issue if we want to be concerned about special teams gentlemen there were too many instances of butterfingers for punt return for my taste that oh i agree that's a, that's a great point look we're gonna play the young man missed a kick it's you know we get all that my criticism of the special teams is not just on the kicking game, Kyle. I've discussed this. We don't have any threats returning punts or kicks. Like, they were lucky they didn't get called for roughing the punter on that fourth down. They called it running uh, into the kicker. The punter did kind of act. But, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're playing with fire, and this special team doesn't help this team win a game. That's the concern. You know, and, 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 and from his mouth to your ears through me right now, gentlemen, Gus Malzahn blamed himself for a lot of stuff. He, he says it's his fault um, for that sort of play that you're talking about, you know, for the 11 penalties. And he used the words undisciplined football team. And, you know, he, that's going to certainly be the target. You know, the, the, nomen, the, the, the typical nomenclature here would be that these guys are going to run a lot in practice Monday, right? You know, and, and I, I, I definitely – got that feeling from Gus granted he's you know a, a professional and a veteran coach and you know knows how to handle things on the mic and all that but but I can tell there was a bit of an air of frustration from this loss like this the way that it went especially this being the Louisville game the opportunity for revenge squandered injuries being a factor again I could go on and on well you brought it up you wrote about it they didn't hide they wanted revenge that yeah. was they didn't hide it Kyle you wrote about it uh, this week on Black and Gold Banneret, early in the week as part of your preview. You discussed it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. They didn't hide it. So there has got to be – I mean, that, that's going to add to this disappointment because I think it's one they feel like they let get away. John Rice Plumley, your thoughts? 
a lot of comments about him. Your thoughts on him and moving forward here with John Rice Plumley. You know, while I was in the uh, the virtual green room there uh, before I came aboard, what I will say is anybody that's that's calling for Castellanos already, just, just take a breath. In games like this, gentlemen, no matter who the football player or who the football team is, <laughs> the backup quarterback suddenly becomes the most popular man in town. Let's just take it easy for 30 seconds on that. I, I think I don't know that it's a situation if we're really talking about the offensive line being the struggle that it was. If that's really the crux of the issue, a young man in that situation isn't the answer. He would be just as flummoxed. So uh, uh, and, and that's no disrespect on Castellanos. I'm saying it's a, it wasn't any one player that was going no, to No, I don't think any quarterback could be successful in that O-line. Is this fixable, Kyle? That's my question. Is this offensive line, can it improve? You know, because the good news is the American Conference is not the strongest league this year. There's some questions there. But at the same time, this ain't going to be the best team UCF's going to see on their schedule. I mean, I think SMU, to your, you, you've been on the SMU back. SMU is way more talented than Louisville. May have a I mean, better complete quarterback. I wasn't going to bring up you picking Houston as the best team in the conference after right. that game, but, you know, that that's another thing. Right. I mean, you know, everybody acts like Cincinnati has a bunch of walk-ons. They nearly beat Arkansas on the road. But hmm. can this offensive line get better? That Because if they can't, I'm not sure there's much they could do in the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, the question asked is, is can they get better? Um, I feel like there's – I feel like the answer to that is yes, but can it happen in a single week? I don't know. I'll put it this way. The timing of the FAU and Georgia Tech games are fortunate. I think those are opportunities to – I think this is less about retooling scheme per se and getting these guys on the outside comfortable and confident again. Because after you take a loss like this, you're going to start questioning it. And it's something different when you have somebody – when you have a human being behind you that's going to get hit hard – and it's your job to protect that. And if it doesn't happen, that's a struggle. It's so, fair. It's fair. Go ahead, Bryce. Uh, can, you, can you elaborate on what you said about un, undisciplined earlier? Because I I know I because I know that the, we talked Eric and I talked about earlier about penalties. Mm-hmm. And so do you think do you think that that's something that can definitely help this offensive line improve going forward? Um, that's a good question, Bryson. What I'm going to say is as far as the penalties in and of themselves. And listen, this is the one knock I have on the defense's performance tonight personally. I mean, maybe there's one more third down they could have stopped here or there or something like that. But from my money, if we're going to talk about discipline being the issue, in the third quarter, three straight Louisville drives opened with 15-yard penalties against the defense. Now, that kind of thing is what happened is what happens before momentum is gained and a score occurs, right? The two, the, the 10 to nothing point total in the third quarter, two of those drives I mentioned that were started by defensive 15 yard penalties ended up being what put Louisville ahead in the third quarter. Yeah, no, no doubt. Let's, uh, I got to qu- see if I could put this up here for the uh, visual audience. Jason Beatty, who we hope, by the way, feels better, did not yeah. cover the game in person, tested positive for COVID. He's back home. Watch the game, though, and that doesn't mean he stopped working. I'm going twi- to read what he wrote here on his Twitter. UCF's final 10 drives of the game against Louisville included one missed field goal, seven punts, one interception, 
one turnover on downs, Kyle. Yeah, and, and to beat and to beat's credit, I, I I was looking at his uh, uh feet out the corner of my eye. He was he was recording that when they went four punts straight. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean that trending um, at towards the end of the game in a close game is going to make the difference. Uh, I can't put it any better than that. That's that's how you take care of take that for data. That's what I'll say, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> take it for data. Uh... <laughs> That's that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what other comments we got here? Bryce is like looking for more. He's looking for more comments here. Give it, keep it coming. Kyle's ready for it. He's taking it. I uh, all right. I have one that I, I have just well, before you now. before you go, Bryson. I just want one thing. I want to request from the Black and Gold Banneret crew an apology for mocking me, saying that Louisville could be a loss for this group. I didn't mock you. No, it was, no it was I agree with Eric. You. I agree oh. with you. Is that true? Are you calling out true? Uh, well, I, I might be more referring to another editor on the staff, but right, you know, right. I don't want to. I don't want to be. No, look, hey, look, any it, it's it's um, <laughs> no, you did, and you know, you you did have more. You, in fairness, you had the most questions about this team going into the season, probably than any other media uh, person in the market. And to your credit, most of those have been justified. And they're still justified through two games. But, now I don't think the season. Let me bring over. some positivity, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Let go me ahead. bring some positivity in one thing: the linebackers did do, in my mind, a yes. fantastic job. Yes. And, and I'm taking nothing from that. That was where I was worried. And and listen, I, I know there's the one big 45-yard play that was after what I think that might have been the fourth or fifth punt in a row. Defense was starting to get tired covering a world-beating quarterback with his feet, you know. But uh, I have to also comment that that containment, Malik Cunningham being held to under 100 yards for as much as they were relying on him running, in my mind, like I say held to 100 yards other than that big play, let me say, that in my mind is what you were looking to do when you came out. Kyle, what, what, what's next for this team? Where does this team go from here? What, do you, what needs to be addressed? You mentioned the offensive line is going to take time. But they got a week, you know, what's and, and people are talk commenting. What's frustrating is this team had two days less than Louisville. Louisville played the late Saturday night game at Syracuse. UCF played Thursday night. Man, this 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 things, especially at home, you know, even though they lost twice, a lot of people are like, hey, they haven't lost a game when there's been a packed house in the stadium, right? Because the two losses at home in 2020, it was about a what 15, 20% capacity. That's yeah. out the window. Night game, you know, revenge and all that. Where does this team go from here now? They got to kind of turn the page and and get ready for a trip to Boca against FAU. What what do you see here? What what do they what needs to be addressed here? And what do you where do they go from here? Basically, I don't think I could put it better than Coach did. Um, he mentioned that the way that you move forward is you turn this game into a lesson, right? You take what you can, and and I think that I think I don't want to speculate or intimate too much, but I think there's a concept here that maybe there was an element that. It was it was being it wasn't being or discipline wasn't being taken as seriously it needed as it needed to be. Maybe the idea is that they were a little too hyped for this game. Possibly that I'm not sure of. I don't want to speculate too much. But um, one thing that is true: um, learning the lessons that need to be learned. You know, getting remembering that football is a mental game is going to be what you have to do here. And, and like Sam Jack said, um, basically as his take home point for what the offense needs to do. It's one thing to uh, react like your, your back is against the wall, kind of like 
you know, I have the mural behind me, right? Like your back is against the wall. But Sam Jack wanted to see this offense attack the problem and, and take responsibility and get after it. And, you know, I'll put it this way. If they struggle like this against FAU, you got a longer-term problem, obviously. I have a question <laughs> for the both of you. Uh, both of Go you. For I'm it. looking at Twitter right now. And uh, our old friend Luke Saris posted his final thoughts on the game. And there's one of them that I, that I don't think we really talked about a lot that I'd like to get your opinions on. Sure. Amongst things like the special teams being the liability and the O-line, one really catches my eye. And he said, Gus needs to be better at adapting his calls as the game uh, progresses. I don't know. I've heard some complain on the on play calling, but that's, that's yeah. now, now that, that's just armchair nonsense, like playing the result. Okay. That drives me freaking nuts. Now <laughs> could go ahead, Kyle. Cause that, I'll, I I'll add this to it. I mean, I, 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 I kind of understand the settlement or sentiment sentiment right there, but I'll kind of meet that comment in the middle with this. Um, if you had questions as to why more of the running back core was utilized, that's fair. Um, to be honest, if we're still talking about protection, by the way, Bowser's health status is an issue because, gentlemen, he made some fine blocks being not only a fullback for John Wright's plumbing on designed runs, but um, picking up blitzes. He did an excellent job doing that uh, in support of the O-line. If he's not there adding that support, that's a whole other problem for the protection to deal with. But if it's a situation where you're looking for multiple backs, more of a committee to handle business, maybe getting a little bit more Johnny Richardson in the game, that standpoint, if that's the, the motivation behind the comment, I can sort of understand that. Coach Malzahn was asked about that. His answer was very succinct. You know, did, did you ever consider getting other guys in the game with touches? I'm paraphrasing the question. But his response was no. Isaiah Bowser is an NFL running back, and I was prepared to use him. Our other running backs are very competent. Richardson's an explosive guy, but Isaiah Bowser is our guy. He is an NFL caliber quarterback, and I can see where he's coming from because of all the backs in the backfield, gentlemen, he's probably the most versatile among them that can do literally a little bit or more of everything. Right, the complete package there. And again, Roman Madrid chiming in, who I believe is the former UCF relief pitcher. Uh, Roman, can you confirm you are the former great setup man for Joe Rogers at UCF Baseball 2012? Chiming in, offense and defensive lines were just overmatched. Uh, I can't agree with that on the defensive line at all. Uh, I, I, that's just a complete disrespect. Even in the second half, a little uh, bit well, there. I mean, goodness, how give him give him a little credit for being gassed. How many? How, no, no, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pull up BD's tweet real quick. Seven punts, was it? I mean, listen, at some point, and by the way, even after all that, in the fourth quarter, they gave the ball back to the offense twice. Nobody, the, the defense, to me, if you give up 20 points, uh, you should win this game. And and, and I, would, I would argue they had the chance to give up less than that. Granted, Louisville had a missed field goal, but listen, how many turn, how many big plays – that made it to the red zone were turned away from merely kick points instead of touchdowns. That's defense handling business. Malik Cunningham, for the most part, only had one big play running 
That's the defense. Yeah, no, look, the defense is way the defense is way better than last yeah. year. Their secondary is really good. You mentioned the linebackers. I was worried about the linebackers. They kind of stood their, their their holes. Were they perfect? No, but that's not the reason they lost the game. And Anthony Montalvo on top of that, right? Two TFLs yeah. in the first half. Right. After saying in the press for Monday that he felt like his technique was sloppy in the SESU game, steps up, makes plays to 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 uh, two uh, tackles to set up a fourth down and an excellent TFL uh, to set up a third and long that both ended up back in the hands of UCF. And I'm not going to even mention Josh Shatlaskar as big as he is finding a way to force Malik Cunningham as a superior athlete out of bounds. I, I just can't sign off on that part. No, I agree. Uh, any last questions for Kyle Bryce? Because the man still has a lot of work to do. And he, he's been on the – I feel like we've been burning with a hot seat here. We're just throwing flames. Everybody's throw upset. And just, I, Kyle, Kyle's a pro. He's – he, Listen, he, he covers as, the Jaguars on the side. He's accustomed to this. As much as I've played therapist for you and Jeff, Eric, at the end of the day, I am <laughs> happy to play therapist for the Night Nation right now. We all need I, it. I want to ask, like, ask then, Mister Therapist, um, <laughs> is is that is is the season over? I guess in the sense because Louisville, like wow. last season, because la- now I don't believe this. That's but a new I, I, generation I there, Kyle. Post twenty seventeen, baby, are going to you know think about that i mean last year's louisville game i feel like we it was more of like a battered and bruised we were just kind of too shell-shocked especially from the injuries but this time injuries weren't really as big a factor as they were and we still lost so what can we say like what do you think some uh, good expectations for the rest of the season are going forward now yeah, mike peterson has addressed asked that question earlier in the show does this change the expectations a lot of, you know uh, your thoughts kyle well and that depends on what your expectations are right there are some on our panel in our in our previews on the black and gold brand banneret that had ucf going undefeated and winning the conference there's some that had them going 10 and 2 and still making a bowl battling an ACC opponent. That last one being somebody incredibly dapper wearing a tie. But what I will get at is, you know, if your expectations were the cotton ball, okay, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to plan something else in December. Um, but listen, it's not like UCF can't compete for a conference championship appearance or win. It's not like UCF is out of the running outright um, to, to make a bowl game or anything like that, you know. I still see just they can still win the league. This is a non-conference loss, but there's work to do. I think what's clear though, this team has a lot of work to do. It's a work in progress team. And it's going to be interesting to see, can they improve or are some of the concerns not, you know, can they not improve on that? Are they not fixable? I think that's the question, but certainly the season's not over yet. I always believe a season's not over until like a second or a third loss. Once you're out of the conference race, then you can discuss, but there are more, I think we have, it's funny. Kyle, I, I thought usually I even said in the preseason, I thought we would have some answers after the Louisville game. And as it turns out, we probably still have more questions than ever before. Sure. And I'll give the fans this much credit. When the backdrop is LSU losing to FSU, when the backdrop is Florida um, beating Utah within the state, you know, UCF fans are going to be hurt a little bit more by this loss. And I completely understand. It. Yeah, well. We're going to let Kyle know, uh, go here because he's still got the night ahead of him. Although, can we just, uh, for for the audience watching on our YouTube channel, can you show off the background here? Because I know this sure. is the work of a, our friend of our, the show, Aaron Evans, I believe. With that's his, that's his latest correct. Year, correct? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's one of his. I'll do the best I can with my uh, limited camera work here. But um, it's one of the 
space game murals there, as you see. And of course, a little nitro action behind me. If I can get his face, there he is. And then over there, we have uh, the Orion constellation there. They're probably doing a horrible job at this. I'm here to talk, not to take photos. That's no. That's all right. But it's live, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely that's one of the uh, earlier ones compared to some of the new work he put up. Um, and the idea is for me to kind of rotate around and find other murals in the background just because they make excellent backdrop. What can I say? Not as cool as Bryson walking in the end zone, but that's a whole other question. Hey, I mean, at least we were able to at least we you didn't get cut off audio wise like I did. <laughs> The bounce house, I like. I always like to suggest that the bounce house is where Wi-Fi and internet connection go to die. And so, <laughs> considering that, and so considering that what, that you managed to connect very well, and there and audio wise, there was very little disruption. I would consider, especially in back to back weeks, I would consider that right. an absolute win. There you go. Kyle's a pro at this. This is why we have him on. Uh, tell the audience what, you, what you're working on and uh, how was Drew tonight in the press box? Was he, Listen, was he... Drew, Drew was a kid in a candy store. He loved being back up there. Drew and I both very happy to work together for the first time in a few years before the pandemic for a different outlet. We were working and covering UCF games together. And then, you know, the black and gold banneret was smart enough to scoop us both up eventually. And, you know, we were just excited to work together again. So it was a lot of fun, I'm sure. He would have rather covered a win, but at the end of the day, a fun time all the way around. And what do you got working on? What are you working on? Well, uh, I still got a lot of action here. As you mentioned, Eric, I got work to do to get the uh, um, the pressers up onto the YouTube page, Black and Gold Banner. And, of course, please subscribe so you can see when I deliver those goods and you can check that out. And, of course, um, if you want to uh, confirm all the theories I wrote, you can check that out on the blackandgoldbanneret.com. And Eric, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I hear you and Drew had a very interesting conversation surrounding college expansion. So I have that on the list. Unfortunately, day job and children have prevented me from seeing this lightsaber duel, but I'm ready to comment on next week's podcast. I can. Get oh boy, that's what I want to hear. More expansion talk. Why not? Uh, um, <laughs> lovely. Kyle, always a pleasure, sir. Great work uh, out there, man. Uh, you and Drew knocking it out, and uh, appreciate you coming on so quick. I think it's record time. I think you broke Brian Murphy's 2020 record of coming now out on the night shift post game show. Well, uh, I'll put it this: I just needed the first week to get settled and get right, and you know it all worked <laughs> out. And again, credit to Drew for handling the stuff with the knee jerk reaction. That'll be coming soon. Look out for that on the BlackAndGoldBanneret.com as well. And gentlemen, till next time, an honor, joy, and privilege. Look out for the tweets, the YouTube posts that are coming. But until then, class dismissed. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Nash. <laughs> Only the way he can walk it off. I love, I love that outro. I absolutely love it. You, you, you know, you're, you, I know you do. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, this is Night Shift. Eric Lopez alongside Bryson Turner. Kyle Nash just joined us. We're going to play the Gus Presser here momentarily. I'm getting it set up. We're going to play that. Here, for those that may have missed it, Kyle alluded to some of the comments that Gus Malzahn had in the post-game press conference. Let's go to it here momentarily uh, and show you what Gus – and listen to what Gus Malzahn had to say following this tough, tough 20-14 to 14 loss. Uh, obviously, extremely uh, tough loss. 
Um, you know, we came out of the game uh, playing well. Uh, we were in control of the game at halftime. Um, you know, had some momentum. Third quarter, we came out and did nothing really offensively at all. We did have the the long touchdown was called back for a hold. I think that was the second of the game. Um, you know, our defense did a good job at the end. They gave us a chance. Uh, we just didn't get in the end zone down there. You know, I think we had two opportunities late, and we were down by six, and we just didn't seize the moment. But obviously, tough deal. Um, you know, they just challenged us. They just rolled everybody down, played zero coverage to stop the run, and and dared us to throw it. You know, we lost Ryan O'Keefe, uh, I guess, right there before halftime. Um, he has a has an injury, um, and uh, you know, it's tough right now. I uh, just told our guys we're going to have to grow from this, have to learn from this. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world as far as our season goes, but it feels like crap right now. Questions? What did you see from John Rice Plumley in his second start? Yeah, I mean, he's battling. You got to understand, he hadn't played quarterback in two years, and they threw us some different looks, and we had a couple little miscommunication things and all that. And uh, but he's a great competitor. Uh, he's going to be fine. Uh, he'll bounce back. Coach, uh, first and goal at the ninth. Take us through that series of plays and, and what you chose. To yeah, do there. yeah, that that was that was uh, we did we did a we did a poor job there. Uh, there's no doubt we had a naked right there, and then we came back and had a uh, had one of our better runs out of the wildcat, and then we tried to pace the inside zone, which obviously didn't work out right there. And then we had our little naked give our quarterback an opportunity to get outside and has a couple of different options and obviously didn't work out. So anytime that doesn't happen, I mean, that's poor play calling the way I look at it, and I'll take responsibility for that. Coach, going into this game, you were uh, um, expecting Malik Cunningham to be a force that you'd have to watch for. How do you think the defense did against him tonight? Yeah, I mean, he had the one real long run, but I thought overall, besides the one run, I thought we did a good job. He's a handful. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, defense gave up some yards, but you know the thing that stands out to me when the game was on the line, they got the ball back to the offense, and the offense we just didn't score. What's the status of Kobe Hudson, who didn't play in the game, and then Ryan O'Keefe, who obviously didn't yeah. lose the game? Yeah, Kobe Hudson is not available. He's taking care of some some personal things, and then obviously Ryan O'Keefe is obviously everybody knows how valuable he is. And then when they play you zero coverage, and you know we just we didn't have a lot of answers. Coach, what was going on that you said you did nothing in the third quarter? Their defensive line just seemed to be dominant. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, and there's a couple calls that I'd like to have back to. You know, they were just, like I said, they just brought everybody down, played zero coverage. Um, extra guy uh, got a little, little uh, we tried to come out in a little, little stack spot, got some yards, try to double move off that. Didn't work out great. And then it was just one of those deals where we'd try to run the ball and we'd get one or two yards and get behind the sticks. And it was just, uh, it was a tough third quarter, but we did have the touchdown, which, you know, obviously in a game like this, like when you have two touchdowns called back, you know, that's the tough pill to swallow. But bottom, bottom line is we got to own it. We got to do better and we got to look at the film. We got to correct whatever happened. Uh, 10 penalties last week, 11 this week. What do you have to do to clean those? Yeah, up? well, that's on me. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I mean, we got an undisciplined team right now. We have 11 penalties for 111 yards and I got to do a better job, obviously. I mean, that's, uh, that's not, that's not acceptable and, and we got to correct that. Coach, can you talk about the three possessions when we were in the plus side of the field at the um, that first half, right after the, the fumble that we got, we were on the plus side of the field and got zero points. I think we gave the ball back, had a yeah. missed field goal. And yeah, we had, had a missed field goal. We, you know, I think we were up by seven. Uh, we got down there, we're really close. You know, we, you know, almost had a had a catch down there really close. And then we had a, I guess, 33 yard field goal. We missed it. And, you know, anytime you miss close field goals, it gives them momentum and it kind of went back. But we had an opportunity to really, distance ourselves there during that time of the game and we didn't do it.
you had three starters back in the interior and you had two experienced transfers at the tackle spot. So what's been the biggest challenge as far as meshing and pass protection? Yeah, I mean, we, they were bringing extra guys. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, they were just playing four guys man to man and they were blitzing the house. And so some of those is on the call. It's not not on, on the lineman. I mean, obviously that group is going to learn. Um, you know, they're going to get better the more they play together. And uh, I still think we're going to be a good offensive line. Gus, was there any point in the in the second half that you thought about maybe lifting John Rice uh, from Mikey at some point just no, to maybe give it an no, injury? No, I didn't think that. No. Johnny Richardson, five carries. What do you yeah. have to do to get the ball in his hands? Yeah, yeah, he's dynamic. There's no doubt. Um, you know, we got to figure out ways to get him the ball. I mean, you had the long throw back on the screen. Obviously, he can do some things and did a good job. We got to get the ball in his hands. Coach, what is a loss like? this do for your team moving on for the rest of the well season? you know what needs to happen is it needs to be a wake-up call that that we correct the things uh that we do come together uh and finish this thing i mean you know we got a lot of season left i still think we got a good football team matter of fact i know we do and uh so we're gonna have to learn from this we got to put it behind us and we got the rest of the season i really think we're going to finish strong and uh, matter of fact i'm very confident we'll finish strong What's the best part about the defense tonight? What's that? What's the best part about the defense tonight that you like? You know, they played hard. I mean, they're, they're, they they played hard. They did a good job. They're probably the best thing that happened is they gave the ball back to the offense twice when, you know, in the second half we got short fields. I guess on both of them, they went forward on fourth down. They stopped them, you know, and and we couldn't we couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Coach, I know the running back room was one of our strongest points kind of coming into the season. Do you kind of see some of those running backs, like maybe like a R.J. Harvey or Mark Anthony Richards, maybe getting some touches to kind of spell, you know, Bowser with the 15 carries today? No, Bowser's an NFL running back. And uh, Johnny Richardson, I need to find ways to get him the ball more. I mean, R.J.'s a really good running back. Mark is too. and uh, But that's the guys we went with tonight. And, you know, both those guys are really, really good running backs. So that's the hard part. But the other guys are good running backs in their own right too. You expected Louisville to have a backs against the wall mentality. Is that the same kind of message you plan to deliver to your team going to Boca? Or is it going to be something? Yeah, different? I mean, we're, you know, like I said, just we got to be we got to be men about it. We got to deal with with the situation, and uh, and we got to bounce back. And I'm confident we'll do that. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we had an opportunity tonight. We we didn't do it, but that's just one game. And what do we got? Ten left, and you know we got a lot of a lot of really good football players, and we're going to finish. Back on John Rice Plumley, what do you need to see him do better next week at FAU? You know, I think just just overall, uh, just uh, you know, administering the game and the communication and all that. He's a great competitor, and like I said, I think we got to be real with ourselves. He hadn't played quarterback in in uh, two years, and uh, so he'll continue to improve, and that's what he'll do. All right, that was Gus Malzahn's press conference a little bit ago. Took that one on. Took that one on him. There, Bryson. Very, really respect that. He takes a lot of the blame. He says, and uh, I thought even that last comment was interesting. He's like, "We got to be real. He hasn't played quarterback in a in a while." He's sounds to me like Gus is going to be thinking about a lot of things he could have wished he would have done differently, as Kyle alluded to. Uh, it's a tough one, man. This industry is tough. This sport. A handful of plays here and there, the side games, and uh, it's tough to be a coach there, man. He's going to probably not sleep well, and it's going to be thinking about how to get this football team back on track and how they can improve. Oh, yeah. Gus, Gus, I, I'm really glad that Gus Malzahn is the coach of this program because I think that there 
isn't a coach that I would describe that's more genuine and upfront about things that he is and w- willing to take responsibility. I mean, I it it's almost like he's a more mellowed version of that of Mike Gundy when he of Mike Gundy when he in that famous I'm a man press conference. I can take it. And Gus took it tonight. And I think that's all we can. And I think that that's a very admirable thing to do to kind of take that on him. And yeah, I think that there's a lot for him to ruminate on. Plumlee is a very good point. He hasn't played quarterback in a while. I think maybe his performance yesterday was, or not yesterday, last week was good, but stepping it up competition wise, I think that, you know, he hasn't played a quarterback against this kind of competition in a while. So I think that that certainly is a valid point to be brought up. All right. So those are the thoughts on the football team there. They lose 20 to 14. Uh, Bryson, real quick, we're going to wrap up the show, but I want you to give us, give us a, we're gonna, I want to end on a positive note. Not easy considering the football result. But uh, there were a couple of positives. You were at volleyball. You covered UCF volleyball today against UNCW, men's soccer out west. Give us a quick uh, react, uh, thoughts there on both of those teams and how they fared. Real quick. Well, volley, the volleyball team swept UNC Wilmington to start off their weekend of the UCF invitation, Invitational. McKenna Melville got 15 kills, though she also got an ace, which puts her 10 which puts her 10 aces away from the top 10 all time. So McKenna Melville, one of the greatest volleyball players in UCF volleyball history, just continuing to to put on more onto her resume. So if you're want to go around campus, Miami is that Miami is there. They're going to be playing tomorrow. Um, then on that the, is Saturday for depending on when you're listening. That that'll be Saturday. UCF will play Miami Saturday night. Sunday they host UIC, who upset Miami on Friday night. By the way. So, yeah. Yes, that's yes, that's right. I, I keep forgetting that we did this is we're doing, talk, I'm talking live right now. So, and then as far as the men's soccer point, um it was a back and forth game. I was I was I had it up on ESPN Plus on another screen while I was watching the game. They played out in Irvine, California against UC Irvine, and they ended and the guys ended up taking the taking the win 3 to 2. Uh, it was basically back and forth where UCF got the first goal with Luca Dorado. Then Irvine responded. Luca Dorado got another goal. It's his third goal on the season. Then Irvine got it again in the 54th minute. And then defender Myel Hayes managed to pick up the game-winning goal in the 77th minute. So the uh, goal scoring all around in that game and now they, they get their first win of the season and they're going and they're going to be open in conference play but they go into conference play three and one with that one loss coming against a ranked number 15 wake forest i would say they end on end on conference play on a pretty nice note check out bryce where can they follow you bryce they can follow me at at it's bryson turner on twitter and he'll be following volleyball all weekend. He'll be following women's soccer. They're at North Carolina on Sunday. Carolina ranked number two in the country. That's a big match there. He'll be covering all of that. And then, obviously, BlackandGoBetterRed.com will have all the latest on football as well as they try to put this behind them. Check out Andrew Glukov's knee-jerk reaction on BlackandGoBetterRed.com. I have a feeling he's going to have a lot of things to say. <laughs> Uh, and I'm intrigued to listen, and we'll see how that goes. And then, obviously, we'll get you set for the FAU football game. It'll be Saturday night, September at 7.30, CBS Sports Network game. We'll have Night Shift. 
on that. Uh, we'll have night shifts after every UCF football game. We'll have you get you set uh, like nobody else does. We'll get you pre-games. We'll get you the podcast every week. We'll re, uh, get you set for that football game and throughout the year. Thanks to everybody that has chimed in with a ton of questions tonight. I know this was a painful night, a painful game to watch. I think we all feel it, but I feel like we talked it out. And uh, I think that's always a positive. That's why we're here for you. And uh, look, I mean, that was painful for me, painful for Bryson, painful for everybody. But uh, long season to go. We'll see if they bounce back here. You know, they lost last year to Louisville. They still had a nine win plus win season. We'll see if they can, uh, you know, improve on some areas and, uh, you know, start get back on track against FAU uh, on that. So again, follow us at blackingobanneret.com on the site. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can check these shows out if you want to get notified on the YouTube, on our social media, on ban- on the Twitter. Where's our ba- Black and Gold Banneret Twitter there, Bryson? It'll be at UCF Banneret underscore SBN. We are, de- we are definitely trying to grow the follower count on that, on that account. We're on Instagram as well. On Instagram, Kyle and you and Kyle, I believe, are running the Instagram. And then on our Facebook as well, on our Facebook page, where this show also aired on our Facebook. We air the show on Facebook. You can catch it there or on Twitter or on the YouTube channel. YouTube channel, you want to subscribe because we have all the post-game coverages, not just for football, the post-game press conferences, but men's soccer, women's soccer, volleyball, you name it. We have it all there. Plus, we're going to have some interviews, exclusive interviews coming up in the near future uh, that Bryson and I are working behind the scenes on. You also have a lot of, uh, for you know, we're just going to leave it as that. It's a surprise. We're working on it. We will uh, keep it on blackagobanneret.com. Thanks to Kyle Nash for joining us from the stadium. Thanks to you, Bryson. Good job, Bryson. Hey, thank, thanks very much. I'm glad to be on you with you guys on Night Shift, and Drew has his rightful place back in the press box <laughs> once again. Hey, it was nice subbing uh, in for him last week. It was amazing to be at the game. But this, I'll tell you what, I definitely miss talking with you for a little more at length after the game on this and also not be in danger of having my audio cut off. There you go. Good audio there. That's Bryson Turner. I'm Eric Lopez. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Night Shift. Charge on.